are listening to the SLT Podcast, a resource to encourage and equip Liberty Christian School families for a Christ-centered life. Welcome back to the SLT Podcast. Today we're finishing up our series on dating and relationships by talking about boundaries and breakups. I'm Sam. I'm Alex. I'm Courtney. And I'm Taylor. Before we get into our discussion, you've heard about our best dates ever, and now it's time to hear the worst. Dun, dun, dun. So the question (laughs) that we're going to go around and ask today is what is the worst date you've ever been on? Can you define date for Alex? Okay. So my worst date is always the no. Monday after no. Thanksgiving. <laughs> it is so no. hard to wake up. It's such a difficult okay. date. Let me clarify. All right. Not the fruit. Not a fruit date. And not just any date on the calendar. We're talking about... What other kind of date is there? So, you know, you're really dating yourself right now. (laughs) Boomer. (laughs) Too far, bro. Okay, so the worst date ever. I um, talked with Luke about this, and it was an easy answer for both of us. And it's unfortunate because the intentions were there, but it just wasn't what we had or what Luke had planned. So the first time when I had just moved to the Argyle area, Luke came to visit me and he had this great idea of like, let's go to Fort Worth and we can go to this nice restaurant and all this stuff. So we went to this restaurant and he knew that I really liked musicals. And so he was like, I'm going to surprise her with tickets to a musical. And it was to um, Beauty and the Beast, which is great. And we show up and little did I know that it was Beauty and the Beast Jr., which Luke did not know necessarily what that meant. But as we walk in, we notice that there are all of these small children dressed up like Belle and different characters there to see it. So Luke and I are the only adults that are there without a small child. And while we're like standing there in awe of uh, what did we just walk into, there is a mom that has a child in a stroller and two like little toddlers. And she asks, she says, oh, excuse me, are y'all in line? And we were like, in line for what? And we look in front of us and we see that we are accidentally standing in line to take a picture with Belle with the backdrop of uh, Beauty and the Beast Jr. So um, it was uh, it was quite the fail, but we, we stuck it out. We watched the whole musical. We discussed leaving at um, intermission and decided, you know, we got to stick this out just to tell the story one day. And we had a lot of ideas of we could be like, oh, yeah, our, our kids just like getting a snack or something or saying like, oh, yeah, one of our friends is actually in the show, but none of them really um, fit the situation. So we accidentally went to a children's um, musical as two adults so that was probably our first date (laughs) all right i can't think of a bad date because i am an excellent date (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) hannah that's my wife and um the worst date i've ever ruined (laughs) uh i was in middle school and i went to the movies with my older brother and my younger brother and we got our own popcorn we got our own uh, drink. It was amazing, and man, was I enjoying my drink. I was just like, I was just 
slurping it up, right? It was it was amazing. And um, <laughs> do you want a date with the drink? <laughs> no, this is not about my date. It's not about my date. It's about the person next to me, okay? And I was an annoying middle schooler, and I just kept doing that thing where you keep drinking even though there's nothing in there, and it just makes that annoying sound that. <laughs> That's my sound effects for the day. That noise, right? Um, and so, and then I, and then I realized something. Oh, wait! I still have all my drink. Why do I still have all my drink? I have all my drink because I drank the girl next to me's drink, who was on her own date with someone else, <laughs> and she just kept side eyeing me, like, uh, "Who's this weird kid drinking my drink?" I'm pretty sure that was their worst date. Ever and <laughs> by association, my worst date. It's ever. not surprising at all that your worst date is ruining someone else's time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's honestly my favorite date. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay, so my worst date ever um, is Jen and I love to go to Colorado and we love to hike. Well, I should say, I really love to hike. And she tolerates. Yeah, this sounds terrible already. Well, to quote the great Miley Cyrus, it's not about what's waiting on the other side. It's the climb. That's beautiful. Yeah, I know. I um, that was Confucius. So, so we went on a hike one time in Colorado in the mountains, and we were legit lost. Like, lost, lost. Like, even I've been on a fair few of these, and I'm looking around, and I'm like... And these trees all look the same, that kind of thing, like hoo-hoo. But, you know, you're, you're the guy, and so you have to exude the confidence of, like, I know exactly where we're going, which was very false. And um, we start smelling um, a weird smell. <laughs> so I decided to make a funny comment, which never really goes well, does it? Of, like, oh, I'm pretty sure that smell is bear poop, because I'm trying to, like, lighten the mood. <laughs> does not lighten the mood. Yeah. <laughs> Of course not. Jen is very, very, very excited to turn around and to bail on this hike, but I'm very determined to keep going. And so I'm a very confrontational person. Like I want to just have it out in the moment, whereas Jen needs time to process through and sort her thoughts and then have the conversation. And literally we had to stop and have one of those arguments, but we're very literally on the side of a mountain and the wind is blowing and it's like 30 degrees and it's super cold. Anyway, yeah. she I disagrees. Won out. She can throw you off, right? I mean, I'm like, right away. Yeah, that's the, actually the end of the story. She pushed me off and oh, I died. Gosh. Oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> now I haunt her to this day. No, um, she might have wished that she had pushed me off, but instead um, I convinced her to make it to the top. And so we finished the hike, which was really awesome. And the view is amazing. To me, it was super worth it. And as we're walking down, I think what really made it the worst date ever, I made the foolish mistake of opening my mouth and saying, see, I was right. Oh, no. <laughs> Words that should never be said. No. Oh. Um, it would have been better for you for it to have been a bear. Yeah, I wish it had been. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, mine also is around hiking. And so um, before we found out we were having twins, uh, my wife and I decided to take a road trip um, throughout like the south um, with a group of friends, so another pair of friends. And we were hiking one day, and I believe we were in Tennessee at this point. And we had just found out that Andrea was pregnant, so we didn't know they were twins yet. And uh, we were going on this trail. We heard it was really pretty, and there was this like awesome waterfall towards the end of it. And um, Andrea was not feeling too great, and so, you know, pregnancy and stuff. 
Um, but we were like, oh, you can do it. This is going to be great. And then there was a point where she was just done. She's like, I don't feel good. I can't, I'm not going to do this. And I said these words. Babe, you can do this. You have the power of two people. Oh, no. And uh, <laughs> that did not go well for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> in which Andrea's reply was, that is not how this works. <laughs> yeah, she had the power of three people. She had the power of three. <laughs> she just didn't know Which yet. really, she had the power of two people depleting her of energy yes <laughs> as she yeah. was growing a human two humans, two humans. Mm. Um, and so that was fun uh but yeah that was a pretty pretty rough date so i don't even remember if she got up to the front uh, to actually see the waterfall uh, but it was pretty rough <laughs> i know why are so many of our stories about like bad hiking experiences <laughs> yeah. i guess you shouldn't hike but i love it if your so, date takes you on a hike you should take a hike run yeah <laughs> get out of that relationship. Well, speaking of times where things didn't go so well, today we are talking about breakups and also boundaries. And so we're going to start off by kind of defining what healthy boundaries look like in a dating relationship where you're trying to make God the center, you're trying to date in a way that is honoring to the Lord. So we've talked a lot about before you enter into a relationship, but now it's going to shift the focus to assuming that you already are in a dating relationship. A commonly asked question I think for students and even older people that are in dating relationships is how far is too far when it comes to intimacy? That's a great question. And I think it does get asked a lot, but I do want to point out first that this question in itself is kind of out of the question because the very heart of it is demonstrating just the shallowness that we're willing to sell our our hearts out to. And that's not because of any individual person. It's because, again, the culture that we're living in, the world that's demonstrating what relationships look like. And so I think a lot of this can be practically laid out in creating boundaries, whether that's physical, emotional, spiritual. And so we're going to unpack that a little bit now. Yeah. And so it really is a silly question. Um, because it's essentially saying, how far can I get without mm-hmm. going over a line? Like how, how far, if I know, uh, that sin leads to death, if I do believe Romans that the consequences and wages of sin is death, it's essentially saying, how close can I get to this thing without it killing me? Mm-hmm. And you would never really ask yourself that question with something that you really believe could kill you. So let's say there's like a nuclear fallout, um, where you would get radiation poisoning and radiation poisoning is extremely painful. It's literally destroying your nerves. It's destroying like your molecular structure. Like it's, it's, it's just extremely painful. Nobody wants that because it, it, it's painful in the process and it leads to death. Both things that we want to avoid. If anyone watch Chernobyl, then, oh, you know, my it's a great show. And so it's essentially saying, how close can I get to the center of this nuclear radiation fallout without getting radiation poisoning? That's a really silly question. No, your mm-hmm. way of thinking in reality would say, I'm moving and I'm getting as far away as possible from this because I know that this will end up destroying me. So it's not how far is too far so much as how far away from this destruction can I get? Exactly. So it's the same question and it's the same heart that we need to have in our relationships. Rather than asking the question, how far is too far? The answer is, how can I most honor the Lord in this relationship? And I'd love to just jump into the practical, what does this look like? And I'm just going to use this example because Luke did this really well in our dating relationship. But um, before we really even started dating at the very beginning Luke shared with me he was like I would love to have a conversation with you about boundaries and here's when I want us to have it and 
allowed me space to really think through that. And so Luke was the initiator of us having the boundaries talk, which I think again goes back to showing a good leader in a relationship. And we had that conversation at a restaurant. It wasn't just the two of us. And we were talking through these things. And he just shared with me, hey, these are my convictions and what the Lord has put on my heart. And here's the reason why is because I want to Um, I care more about your holiness than my happiness. And I want to honor you so well that when you, if we don't end up getting married, when you go into another relationship that you're able to say, I dated this guy, Luke, and he honored me well, and he set the standard for how I should be pursued by a guy. And so I think the practical in that is the guy initiating the conversation, but it happening at the very beginning of a relationship and to be clear in what the boundaries are and then also to have accountability behind that. So to bring people in, um, not just peers, but also mentors and share with them, hey, these are the boundaries that we laid out in our relationship and I am committing to you that I will come and share with you if we um, even come close to breaking those boundaries and bringing that to people who it would be difficult and uncomfortable to have to go tell a mentor that that had happened because that's helping you create safeguards from walking into temptation or bad settings or any of those things. Yeah. And I think just a practical thing just in dating is that you would do group dates. I think group dates are awesome. I think going back to that, our relations are personal, but not private. Um, And if you were to go on a date, like two on like one-on-one, like you would just go like with that person you're dating that you would go to public settings. I just think it's foolish that you would set yourself up for failure. Um, You're obviously dating this person because you like them, you find them attractive. And so uh, of course we don't want to put ourselves in situations uh, that are just going to lead to failure uh, in those areas. And so just a practical point um, is that we never want to date alone. Uh, Mm -hmm. We want to be with people and around people to hold us accountable um, in those settings. And so more than just physical, there's also other aspects of dating that are often overlooked, uh, which is emotional and also spiritual. And I'm of the mindset, and I've seen this played out, in that whenever we go far in a relationship, whether that's physical, spiritual, or emotional, the other areas also want to catch up as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, We feel like something is missing in this area of relationships, and so we kind of go deeper uh, to make up for it. And so what are some emotional and spiritual boundaries that we can put up um, in our relationships? Yeah, so emotional boundaries, one of the things that I did not do well in high school in some relationships was literally planning out my life with a freshman or sophomore year boyfriend when I was so far away from that life stage that it was just fun to talk about, but it was creating ties to them that when we broke up, it made it a lot harder to move on because, you know, we had already named all of our kids and knew where we would live and dreamed about all of these things because it's fun to talk about. But again, that's awakening love before it is ready. And created a lot of wounds. So that's kind of an example of an emotional boundary to have in place. And spiritual boundaries, again, this isn't like black and white in scripture. This was just a personal conviction, but something that I had heard was about how prayer is really the most intimate thing that you can do spiritually. And so that was something that I just made a commitment that I was going to wait until I was engaged or married to pray one-on-one with a guy that I was with. And that doesn't mean that we didn't pray in groups or anything like that, but I just knew that that's an easy place where you can become um, not even on purpose, but easily manipulated or just confused feelings and those things. And so that was a boundary that I had created in relationships. Yeah. 
And I would say in dating, your spiritual relationship and love for the Lord is not intertwined. Um, when you're dating. Mm -hmm. Your relationship with the Lord is not your person that you're dating's relationship with the Lord. You're not responsible for their spiritual well-being um, or pouring into them. Like you're not their savior. You're not the one who should be pulling them back into scripture, pulling them back into these things and kind of leading them and driving them. If you're the driving force of your uh, girlfriend or boyfriend's relationship with the Lord, that is a big red flag. If you're the one constantly bringing conversation back to Christ, if you're the one constantly pushing them to seek the Lord, that's a red flag that you're unequally yoked. And I think something that I think we can just easily tend toward as humans and not just with boundaries, but with a lot of things and following the Lord is that instead of leaning into the Holy Spirit and seeking the Lord for convictions, for example, with boundaries, physical boundaries, you could look at a relationship that's like, okay, I'm not going to kiss someone until I get married and say, that is just the most extreme thing I've ever heard. And then the other extreme is someone who is sleeping with their boyfriend or girlfriend and say, okay, well, those are both the extremes. So I can just find myself somewhere in the middle between those things. And I would just caution you that that's where our flesh is going to automatically take us to. And that's not what the Lord calls us to. Instead, he calls us to seek him and to lean into the Lord and to scripture and truth and community to see what is the most godly thing that's going to make us look like Christ instead of what's the average of what people are doing. So unfortunately, too, I mean, it's not like there's a manual on dating. And so a lot of people, as they're trying to figure it out, their personalities can kind of bleed into how they um, are leading their relationship or handling that. And I think, unfortunately, that can lead to some really unhealthy situations in relationships. Um, and that might look like um, being controlling or kind of making rules so that the relationship goes a certain way. And that can be really detrimental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I, I can speak from seeing this on the girl side, because that's obviously who I um, meet with. But even it, it's heartbreaking when you walk out into the hallways and you can see that there is a couple and the girl is like following the guy and his friend group with her head down, just kind of submissively following them. And we see that more often than you would think. And that just breaks my heart for these girls. And a lot of times I meet with them, but they are being very controlled in their relationship. And so who they hang out with, who they talk to, what they're doing on the weekends, all of that is just very um, managed by the boyfriend. And that is just such an unhealthy place to be. It is not what marriage looks like. It is not um glorifying to the Lord. And a lot of times it's with a double standard. So I'll talk Mm -hmm. to girls who are like, yeah, he'll get mad at me if I talk to one of my guy friends in the hallway about schoolwork. But at the same time, they're Snapchatting their ex-girlfriend all the time. And I feel like I can't say anything about that. And I just want to encourage any of any girl that is listening to this, who is in a situation like that, once again, like you are worthy of so much more and that is not what a healthy relationship looks like and if you have been conditioned to think that that's what a healthy relationship looks like then again I just encourage you to seek someone else out to seek out um, one of us or a mentor or your mom and just talk with them and share hey this is what's going on and now that I recognize it I think that there has been a controlling element and what do I do next how can I go through this so I think a dangerous mistake that a lot of students might make in hearing this and in hearing any advice coming from the Christian standpoint on dating, um, specifically talking about purity and and boundaries and what you should be doing and not be doing, um, a tendency is to start putting up walls 
when you hear about this stuff because you feel like you're being judged. And we really want to just dispense of that. We really want to mm-hmm. tear down those walls by reminding you that this is all coming from love. Um, scripture says to speak the truth in love. And I hope that it's obvious in the relationships that the students have with us that they know that we wouldn't be telling them these things unless we loved them. And we also wouldn't be telling them unless we knew them to be true because they're coming from scripture. They're coming from God's word. But there is an important distinction you have to make between feeling convicted about something and feeling judged. Because it's not to say that, yeah, there aren't people who make the mistake of misrepresenting Jesus and they can come off as judgmental or condescending. And that's a miss. That's that's not who God is. That's not what his intention is is to make you feel smaller, to make you feel like you're somehow beyond redemption or that you are broken. Um, God is a redeemer and he lifts us up out of our brokenness. But to just sweep everything that feels remotely like that under the rug as, well, they're just being judgmental and they're wrong is a really dangerous mistake to make Um, because thankfully God has given us the Holy Spirit. And one of the main purposes of God's spirit is to make us feel convicted when we're doing something that is sinful, we're doing something that's outside of God's will for us, which is good and perfect and holy. Mm -hmm. And so when you hear these words and this advice and you're like, oh, I didn't do that or I don't like that or I've done that wrong in the past, and you feel that feeling where, oh, I feel like I'm wrong, there is a healthy way to process through that um, because conviction is coming from God and he's not going to allow you to feel convicted without also providing you a means to, well, here's what you do now. It's okay. God is equally loving and righteous. The reason that um, we have this conviction is because God wants us to be holy. He wants us to be pure, not to be perfect. And that always comes in love. He lifts us up in our brokenness. So to wrap up dating and relationships, we want to end it on a high note and talk about um, breakups. Unfortunately, sometimes things just don't work out for whatever reason. And there are a lot of different reasons. A dating relationship can end But before we talk about how to handle breakups and how to process through that, when do you know if it's time to break up or when do you know if you might need to break up? Yeah, I think the first thing to think through is if you are the person that is um, going to be breaking up with someone else, how do you do that? So what would you guys say if you are breaking up with someone, how would you do that in an honoring way? Yes. So I think the first point is that it should be done in person. And more so in person and also actually talking to somebody face to face with more reasoning than I just don't think this is going anywhere after a day. Well, and even after, I mean, we hear this a lot is even after months or even years of a dating relationship, a lot of times girls or guys will say like, I just think we need to break up. And unfortunately, a lot of the times I think um, the Christianese world has become that God is not wanting me to be in this relationship, Mm, but that's just an easy out and it's not legitimate. I would hope that we have more fear of God than to put something on him that wasn't actually legitimate. So that's just a little, that's kind of, that's kind of like having the excuse of like, no, I can't go to your house today. My parents won't let me or like blaming your parents for something when you really don't Mm want to do it. And you're Mm -hmm. just like, Oh, this is a cop out. And it's like, no, God doesn't want me to do this anymore. So well, the scary thing, is if you're willing to go that direction, then you have to go the other and say, like, the reason you're staying in the relationship, or I think God wants us to be together. And it's mm. like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like, God is in, like, in heaven. Like, mm-hmm. don't bring me into this. Yeah, and I think the problem that happens is when people don't give clarity in a breakup conversation, then it just allows the other person to dwell in that for 
weeks or months or years even and not have that closure and be Mm -hmm. wondering like, what is it? And then what they do is they don't forget about it. I've seen this so many times. Instead, they start to really analyze and pick apart every part of their relationship. And well, this was what, what was going on at the end. And then this happened. And so maybe it was this. And then it just breeds a lot of insecurity and, um, just frustration, I think and even longing for that relationship. And so I think that's a great point of like, there has to be clarity of, hey, this is, I have brought mentors in, I've brought friends in and process with them. So I know what I'm going to say before I even walk into this conversation with said boyfriend or girlfriend. Definitely. I I think in handling a breakup, it needs to be face to face. Like Mm -hmm. we said before, like real conversations happen in real life. And so that person that you're dating, that you're breaking up with, is made in the image of God and they Mm -hmm. are worthy of value, respect and dignity. And so you need to treat them as such that they are made in the image of God and they deserve those things. And so whenever you go into this breakup, um, you need to be honest, like you're talking about in clarity and giving, uh, reasons why you're not accusatory Mm -hmm. in this. You're not shifting all the blame. And the reason why I'm breaking up is because you're a horrible person and I don't want to be with you anymore. Honestly, we need to evaluate whenever we're dating someone of who is it that we are becoming? What tendencies are we Mm -hmm. developing? And it's not necessarily because that person is making you that way, but it's just that this relationship is causing you or is leading you down a path that you can see that you don't want to go. And so you need to take ownership of that. Yeah, I I definitely think um, you need to take steps towards a breakup when the path that you are on um, is it's more than preference. Uh, Remember, you're laying your preference down. It doesn't that that, that doesn't really matter. It's about does this walk in line with the kingdom of God? Mm. Your preferences may still be broken. Like what you like may Mm -hmm. still be. That's good. It's, you may still be in the process of being transformed by the Holy Spirit into who he wants you to be as far as the image of Christ goes. Um, and so this is why we have to line things up with the kingdom of God. What does God want? And then also handling a breakup, like not just like doing the breaking up, but being broken up with, right? Like what, what does that look like? There's a lot of pain that comes with that. Mm. Um, and I would argue that pain's supposed to be there. And so doing things to avoid that pain is the opposite of what your soul is intended for. Like if you have a you know, broken arm, you're not going to go use that arm uh, to lift weights or throw a football around. You're going to take it easy. Mm-hmm. Um, likewise, if your heart is broken, why would you jump into a relationship right away? There's this beautiful thing where God uses pain to draw us close to him where he comforts us and you can miss these really beautiful moments with you and the Holy spirit and God, um, by just virtue of trying to ignore the pain or drown it out with another relationship or drown it out with, um, even just fun or anything that'll distract you instead of sitting there and letting it be this corrective moment with you and the Holy spirit. Yeah. I think as they're processing through relationships, Something that I would want the students to know is that if you're breaking up with someone, their okayness is not your responsibility. Mm. And that can be a really heavy thing because especially depending on how serious the relationship was and how vulnerable you've gotten with each other and you know how deep that relationship was, you may feel a responsibility because you care about that person so deeply. 
what you need to worry about is did you make every reasonable effort to make sure that you weren't leaving them needing closure, that you did everything to serve them as that relationship came to an end and do it in a way that is Christ-like, meaning specifically um, you showed them that you care more about them than yourself, that you laid your own personal desires down. You didn't say like, yeah, well, I'm just being selfish and I want what I want more than I care about what you want. But you're showing them, I think this is better for us. And just making sure that if if they're just miserable, if they're not on the same page, if they don't have that same peace and closure, that's not your responsibility after you've made that reasonable effort. And that's their personal process with the Lord to heal them in a way that you can't because you can't heal their heart. Only God's capable of doing that through that healing process. So if you see someone you've broken up with and they're having a really hard time or maybe your friends are all telling you, oh man, they're just not handling this well. Um, don't make the mistake of feeling responsibility to try to fix them. And you need to make sure um, that you have the closure and the reasonable knowing and then let them be on that process on their own. That's really good. And I think something that I would struggle with or feel confusion in whenever I was in high school and I see this still in high school girls and I'm sure for boys as well is that hey there is a heartbreak in that and you are you should process through that and turn to the Lord and that can take time and some scripture that I always point girls to is in 2 Corinthians 1 3 through 4 we see that God is a God of comfort and that that's the comfort he's given believers so we can comfort one another, but he is literally described as a God of comfort. And we also see David say that God, um, has literally bottled. He says, you have collected all of my tears in your bottle and you keep track of all my sorrows. And that's just showing figuratively that God cares so deeply about our sorrows and our tears so much that he would know what tears were for what sorrow and what heartbreak. And that's the God that we serve. And so why would we not turn to him in those times for him to do our healing? And instead of um, analyzing every single point of the relationship and every reason why we broke up and going to people who are not going to give us sufficient answers like we can go to the Lord who is capable of giving the affirmation and um, longing that we are after okay so now that we've covered boundaries and breakups I think it would be good if we just talked through what are some common things because students do come and talk to us about this stuff and so what are some common things that we hear from them of what's going on in dating relationships and what are some ways that we can steer them in the right direction one thing that causes some confusion with students especially in middle school because that's kind of my my area that I talk with students in is kind of an undefined relationship um, mm-hmm. or living in the gray, which really just causes confusion um, and really makes people cautious of like what to do or what to say or where to go from there. And so that there are different apparently stages of dating or relationships or whatever. And so you ask somebody, yeah, hey, talking, yeah, you know, there's just these different levels of togetherness that mm-hmm. are just not helpful. And so I think that having a defined relationship, um, it's helpful. Communication is, is very important. Yeah. And we talked to some in the past episode about how if they, if a guy isn't having that conversation and isn't leading you in um, definition of what your relationship looks like, that you should ask, like it is better. It is guarding your heart. If you have clarity, even if they're going to be like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't like you. That would be kind of sad, but also you're guarding your heart because you're not becoming more attached to someone who wasn't going to take it seriously in the first place. So lots of wisdom there. I think another thing that I see a lot in students is just kind of like a lack of of seriousness in the relationship um, and feeling like high school and college and 
the years before you kind of adult um, is just a free pass and that it's not going to necessarily affect your future relationships when in reality, like the people that you are dating in high school, you could be carrying baggage from those relationships into your marriage and have to have conversations with your husband or wife one day Mm. um, about what happened in those relationships. And if there's sin, then you can guarantee that that's going to be coming in. If there's um, any sort of boundaries emotionally that were broken, that that's going to lead to anger or bitterness or resentment or any of those things are going to leave scars that you're going to have to explain one day. And that's not to, again, create any kind of shame. Like that's okay. And there's so much grace in that when you walk in healing and are able to turn to the Lord with those things. But we just want to encourage you to protect yourself from that and to recognize that your decisions now do have consequences, even though there is grace. When we walk in sin, they're going to be consequences that we have to experience because of that. Yeah. And again, highly recommending counseling and prayer Mm -hmm. and going to someone you trust because those scars um, can heal. And ultimately what the Lord is so good at is turning ashes into beauty. Um, That's something that, you know, if you went through something bad you can receive counseling and that can end up strengthening your relationship. It's something that God can redeem and use for his good. So To end our series on dating and relationships, we just want to go around the table and ask the question, if you could go back in time, what is one piece of dating and relationship advice that you would give to your younger self? The advice that I would give to myself would not to put dating or relationships or being with someone as the end all be all. Like it's like the idol of middle school and high school and even college um, that you are with someone, you know, the, the mantra of our culture is that if you're worth something, then somebody will see that you're worth it and want to be with you. And so it's Mm -hmm. almost like an unspoken, if you're not in a relationship, then you're less valuable than people who are. Mm -hmm. And so I would tell myself that that's not true, that that's trash. And that leads to a lot of heartache and uh, not to make dating and relationships an idol or your God. It's really good. I think if I could give myself dating advice, it would be, to not bring the will of God into it, <laughs> to um, definitely have God at the center of the relationship, but don't start to blur those lines with, but God wants us to be together. Mm-hmm. That's a really dangerous thing to do. And because um, like we said earlier, that's also, well, God wants us to break up and God has given us more free will than that, I think. So if I could go back, that would really help me navigate not only relationships, but my relationship with the Lord. I was going to say leave God out of it, but I realized, I was like, oh, <laughs> yikes, yikes. Yikes. I think what you're saying is don't use the God card. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Yeah. You know what? Don't try to be someone's savior. Like, uh, this isn't like uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines. Like, you're not going to like go in with a fixer upper attitude and try to fix somebody. That's not your role. It's not what God gave you. That's not what dating is for. Uh, while marriage sanctifies, dating does not. It's nowhere in the Bible. God's not going to help you with that. That's all you striving. If anything, you'll probably just end up hurting the person more. That's really good. I think I would tell myself um, not to lower my standards, but to lengthen my patience. And Mm. in that, yeah, you can alliteration, remember that. But because like when you seek first the kingdom of God, then you know what it's all about. And I, Luke would not have been attracted to me if I wasn't who I was because of my relationship with the Lord. And I wasn't pursuing the Lord to find who would eventually become my husband. But that's just ultimately what happens is like when you are pursuing the Lord and looking more like him, 
then that's someone that you're going to end up with is going to have the same desires as to seek first his kingdom. And so I would just encourage myself whenever I was a teenager and all of the girls out there not to lower your standards to someone just because you're lonely or looking for that relationship or want to have a Valentine's date or anything like that. But instead to just trust the Lord and know that this is dating is not ultimate and a marriage is not ultimate. And so what is, is your relationship with the Lord and that is what eternity is based on. All right. Well, listeners, I think we've all had really good times and memories. We'll always have that time together. But I think that this series has lasted long enough. So I think it's about time that we probably parted ways. Enjoy life. We'll yeah. see you around sometime. Yeah, listeners, we, we really like you. We really do. But I feel like God's telling us it's yeah. time. This series is over. Yeah. You're just really, really great. And we just need some time to work on ourselves. So yeah, it's not you. It's us. <laughs> I promise it's, it's not that next series that we're attracted to. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the SLT podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to contact us at spirituallife at mylcs.com.